your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 564 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very, very special treat for you guys. We're going to be welcoming in just a second Alyssa Hope to the show. I believe Alyssa is making her third appearance on Locked On New York Rangers. But Alyssa has just an awesome NHL YouTube channel. She did a great job covering the trade deadline. There were a lot of videos that she put up, you know, heading into the trade deadline as well as coming out of the trade deadline. Uh, She's got a really cool series, five interesting facts you never knew about, you know, a certain player. There's one on Alexi Lafreniere and many other players around the NHL. And then there's my own personal favorite, which is uh, her Jerk Moments uh, series where it's just what it sounds like. She takes a look at, you know, a player like Brad Marchand, P.K. Subban, and uh, looks at their worst moments on an NHL rink. So uh, that's definitely one of my favorites. Definitely recommend it to all of you guys as well. Alyssa's also a Penguins fan, so naturally we talk quite a bit about the uh, clash Friday night between the Rangers and the Penguins, as well as the possibility of these two teams meeting in the playoffs, because if the regular season were to end right now, yeah, that would be the first round matchup, Rangers-Penguins. And, uh, Talk quite a bit about the trade deadline in general, talking about the biggest winners and losers around the NHL coming out of Monday's deadline. Uh, Just a good time talking some hockey. So uh, with no further ado, enjoy. All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans, maybe even some Penguin fans. Today, we got a very special episode for you guys today. Joining me right now is Penguins fan and hockey YouTuber, Alyssa Hope. Alyssa, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a good time talking some hockey. And I know, you know, right before we hit record there, we were talking about just all the trade deadline craziness. And I figure we got to start there. And uh, obviously your Penguins, you know, they made uh, the the biggest move that they made was bringing in Ricard Raquel. Uh, So I just want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, is he somebody that you were hoping they would bring in? Was he high on your wish list? Just just any general thoughts on uh, the acquisition of Raquel there? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't high on my personal wish list. Uh, I know that he was someone that the Penguins were potentially targeting. He was, you know, um, frequent in rumors and connected to them. But I had my eye on, for a little while, um, Brock Besser. I was kind of, like, hooked in on that, although I was like, it's probably not going to happen realistically because of the RFA status and arbitration. Um, I also really liked uh, I liked Connor Garland a lot, um, and they were, you know, kind of connected to him for a little while. But uh, I... I didn't really see Ricard Raquel coming in until almost like right before the deadline. And then I was like, okay, like maybe the Penguins are serious about this guy. Um, but I knew we needed help, you know, in, in uh, a depth role. And um, we were needing some secondary scoring outside of just the um, Getzel Crosby Russ line. So I think it's great that they made that move and, uh, and brought him in. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the Rangers and Penguins, you know, obviously division rivals, but they were in somewhat similar situations, you know, coming into the deadline this season. I don't think either team was really in the market for like a bona fide superstar, but uh, both yeah. teams needed a little more depth, a little more secondary scoring. And, you know, I know the Rangers were looking at Raquel. He was rumored to maybe be going to them for a while. And 
they end up with Andrew Kopp, who, who I like a lot, among a couple of other players uh, as well. But uh, I was watching one of your recent videos on YouTube, and you were talking about some of the you know, more interesting trades that happen. And, of course, Raquel was one of them. And uh, right. one guy that you mentioned, and he was in the trade, uh, Zach Aston-Reese. I guess you were a pretty big yes. fan of him. Are, are you bummed to be losing him? Yes. Uh, some people are like, oh, come on. Like, you know, they're expendable. Like, you, you had to know he was going to be going eventually. You know, those uh, those bottom six guys. And I was like, but, you know, he was so good defensively for us. He was so good on the PK. And he just really seemed like a warrior. You know, some guys – they don't really commit to the forecheck as much, but he was always committed. He always cared um, both sides of the ice, you know, very tenacious, very on it, you know, just um, always, always on the forecheck. And so you love guys like that. I mean, the guys that are going to challenge and the guys that are going to play um, defensively for you as well. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, like yeah. I said, really good on the PK. So. Yeah, you need some of those blue-collar guys, some of those role players, and I think he definitely fit that bill for the Penguins, you know, having watched the Rangers and Penguins play each other a bunch of times over the past few seasons. Um, but, you know, just, just general trade deadline uh, talk here. Um, is there any, like, team or uh, one or two teams maybe that you think, like, really, really knocked it out of the park uh, on deadline day, you know, with some of the moves that they made, really made themselves better? Is, is there anybody that really stands out for you, and you, you look at them now, and it's like, wow, you know, this, this team's legit. They're, they're going for it. <laughs> Yeah, um, so a couple stand out to me, and I know that a lot of eyes are on Colorado, right? We're like, oh, like, and they did make some moves. They did make some moves, but I think a lot of us expected um, them to get, you know, one of the bigger fish. Like, uh, Mark Andre Fleury was, was rumored um, kind, of, kind of months ago. It wasn't more recent, but at one point, you know, people were kind of connecting him to Colorado. Um, Drew was connected to Colorado, so I was kind of looking at them like thinking they were really going to get, you know, a bigger piece. Of course, they, they did still, um, you know, make a deep splash as well. I mean, they were kind of the ones that kind of jump-started things. Um, but anyways, um, the teams that, that I really thought did uh, some got some major acquisitions in were the Minnesota Wild and the Florida Panthers. And especially, I mean, the Panthers, like, goodness, like, they really went for it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I've seen a team that's really went this hard for it, like, and gotten that many players, like, in one deadline like that, you know? It was just, it was amazing. Um, and I was towards the deadline, like, right before, um, I was kind of thinking, okay, like, everybody's saying Drew could go to Florida. Like, this is where he wants to go. Like, I guess it really could happen. And, and it did. And um, And that really uh, impressed me. You know, I, I think Drew's going to be um, really great for them in the playoffs, but um, they got a lot of, a lot of players and, uh, and also like Minnesota and I like Minnesota a little bit more now that they have Mark Andre Fleury. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, and all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, 
Then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point that you just made about the Panthers. You know, they are truly pushing their chips to the center of the table and they're going for it. And I give them yeah. credit for that because, you know, it's easy to just kind of, well, you know, we, uh, we have these draft picks and we have these prospects that we like. But to go out and get, you know, Ben Schrott and Claude Giroux among mm-hmm. other players, I mean, they made themselves a lot better. And, I mean, I don't know about you, Alyssa, but, I mean, the Eastern Conference playoffs this season I think are just going to be insane. I mean, there are eight oh. really, really good teams that are going to be uh, going at it for a spot to the trip to the finals. Yes, I totally agree with you. It is going to be a bloodbath. And I mean, like we always say, usually um, the East is much harder. I mean, it's just how it is, right? And teams are are usually, you know, more neck and neck. Uh, The West is a little bit more spread out and it has been this season a lot. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fight to the death and I'm totally ready. I mean, the Flyers will be in it this year, so it won't be as exciting as a Penguins fan. You know, that rivalry in the playoffs, there's nothing like it, but still. <laughs> still yeah, yeah. No, be- I mean, however it shakes out and whoever matches up with who, I mean, there's, it's going to be must-see TV for sure. Um, yeah. And I, I also wanted to ask, you know, obviously we talked about the winners from the trade deadline. Anybody that you feel like sort of kind of dropped the ball as far as, you know, man, this team should have gone for it a little bit more than they did or made a questionable move, Any, anybody that jumps out for you there? Yeah, um, so I, yeah, I did have, um, I guess the most, the team that most made me most dumbfounded, just kind of like, I was just, I mean, besides, I mean, the Ottawa Senators made that Travis Hamannick move, and I think a lot of people, um, myself included, were just, it was really a hard one to figure out, like, maybe we we don't know something behind the scenes there, that one was weird, they're, they're not really a contender, but, um, right now, but, man, the New York Islanders, like, I mean, no disrespect to Lou Lamorello, but, like, they just didn't do anything at all. You know what I mean? Like, I was just yeah. surprised. Like, they, no They kind of got caught in between. Yeah, not really buying, yeah. not really selling, not really doing anything. Yeah. I think a lot of people were expecting maybe at least Clutterbuck to go. But, no. Like, just, just nothing. Yeah, I mean, so, that's weird because he's an impending, unrestricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, maybe yeah. they feel like that they could keep him back and – you know, I know they were hit with COVID earlier this season. They had all kinds of problems. The guys, Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, maybe they think that, okay, this season's a fluke. It didn't go our way. We can get right back to where we were as, as soon as next season. That's the only explanation I can come up with uh, for the Islanders uh, not really doing anything. Yeah, he re-signed. I know they re-signed Zach Parise. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe he's he's earned that deal. But, I mean, in my opinion, I'm just – I'm not trying to sound overly critical of Lou Amarillo here. But, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, that – that lineup is just really old in general. You know, you would think mm-hmm. that they would want to get maybe a little more youth in there and balance it out. But I mean, of course we know Dana Chara's on there and uh, that, that kind of um, makes it, you know, makes it even older. Um, all due respect to him. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you would think that maybe they would want to insert some youth in there and, and where they're having their struggles. But like you said, they, they were hit with COVID. They had some bad breaks. Um, I think the, the start to the season, I mean, um, not being in their home arena was rough for them um, for, for that long stretch at the beginning. But I was just surprised personally because I Lou's always been really active at the deadline. I know last year um, he, he made a couple moves, and um, 
and yeah, I think he, he brought in Pavel Zaka in, um, Kyle Palmieri. He made, he made some moves. So, uh, and I think that they are just, you know, one of those teams that's like almost there, like this season. They, they've had success in the past season, um, you know, several seasons before, but they're like, right now they're just like almost there, you know, like, uh, maybe, maybe just a couple pieces right now, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, another team that I'll throw out there for you, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on, on this team as well. We actually, um, at Lockdown, we did like a, a round table with all the different hosts and talking about, you know, who nice. won the day, who, who lost the day. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, really happy with the way that turned out. But um, one team that I threw out when we were doing that, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on them as well, but uh, I thought the Capitals kind of dropped the ball. I mean, I know they made a couple of small moves, but, yeah. you know, you look at them and it's like, it's this veteran team. They're not getting any younger. I know they have the one Stanley Cup, but, you know, Ovechkin and Backstrom, the, the core players, they're all starting to, you know, get up there a little bit. And if they don't go for it this year, I mean, they're, they're kind of running out of chances, are they not? I agree with you. Um, I definitely would say that I would have expected, and I think a lot of us spectators were expecting them to do something uh, to help out their forward group. I know um, there's a lot of, of rumors, you know, Brock Besser, maybe Max Domi, um, those were going around those players. Uh, maybe to fill in, you know, um, and help with the, the offense, but also the goaltending, like you said. And, and that was a concern. And I believe that it um, – was it the coach that actually came out at one point and said that they weren't um, satisfied with their goaltending or, or the GM or somebody actually said that they actually weren't, like, completely, you know, secure with their goaltending situation, Samson off and Vanacek. And so that kind of led to some speculation, like – okay, and, and we know that they actually did try to get Marc-Andre Fleury. They did try, um, but he, you know, and, and I've got to hand it to him. I mean, he's loyal, you know. He's like, I'm not going to Washington. Forget that. <laughs> um, rivalry <laughs> yeah. there. Once the yeah, Penguin, yeah. always a Penguin. But they did try um, to get him, but even still, I mean, like you said, you would have thought that with the aging core, um, you know, you think of uh, Oshi. Backstrom, uh, Ovechkin, Carlson, like all those guys, the core guys are getting older. And plus they had um, Carl Hagelin recently got that um, career or uh, season ending eye injury as well. So he's a bottom sixer, but, but even still um, they've had, they've had some bad injuries, some bad blows as well. So you would have thought they would have made some more moves, but. Yeah, no, I, I feel for Carl Hagelin. I mean, I know obviously former Ranger, former Penguin, uh, Always somebody that I liked. I'm sure you were a fan, too, when he was yes, winning the I cup was. with you guys a couple of times there. So, uh, yeah. But uh, I definitely want to ask you about Marc-Andre Fleury because I know you're a big fan. <sighs> and, uh, and, and obviously, you know, um, one of the bigger moves of the deadline day. He heads out of Chicago. He goes to Minnesota. Um, how good was it for you to see, again, one of your all-time favorite players, you know, yeah. get out of a place where he never really should have been in the first place and get to go to a good team and a playoff contender and a team that could potentially make a run in the Western Conference. Oh, man, you just – it was, like, relief for me. I was so, like, relieved that he was out of that situation. And it's not really – I mean, yeah, um, it was a letdown season. Um, but but considering everything that that team has went through as far as, you know, um, kind of the bad PR um, with the Kyle Beach situation and things like that. That kind of just like was a really bad combination. And in my opinion, it kind of made it even worse um, for him to just to be there um, knowing, you know, like such a great person, you know, he, he's, he's such a great person, great human. And also, um, you know, obviously very good three Stanley cups. So 
very good goalie, in my opinion, one of the best. Um, but anyways, I to see him finally get out of there and um, and actually get to make another deep playoff run. I mean, I was overjoyed. And Minnesota was um, actually made a video about it was my last kind of look at you know a potential spot that Flurry could go, and it was Minnesota, the last one that I talked about. And I really did see a fit. I mean. I did see if there was – it just seemed like all the pieces were there because I've actually been um, to Minneapolis before and actually drove – I made that drive from Minneapolis to Chicago, and I kind of drove back home, road trip to West Virginia. So I actually knew the drive, and it's only about six hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, like, he's a family guy. Like, if his family wanted to stay there, it wouldn't be that far. And so that was one of the concerns. Would he want to uproot his family? So I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know – Okay, he's got that going for him. He's got a GM that he trusts, that he won the Stanley Cup with in 2009, Billy Guerin, to, you know, that respects him, um, that would, you know, honor any requests that he had, um, and would treat him with dignity. <laughs> and, uh, so he has that going for him. And he also has a place that he knows he could win. I mean, the, the team, um, as you said, I mean, could be a contender in the West. So there's also that, um, a, a definite chance to win and so all these things kind of coming together and obviously the need you've got to have the need and you know Cam Talbot I think he has been good overall in the season I mean he's you know no goalie's perfect there's always those ups and downs but looking at uh, Capo Kakinen's uh, some stats there towards the end um, you know he was really really struggling at the worst time I mean just the worst time um, so all the things, in my opinion, just kind of came together and kind of made the perfect recipe to allow for a flurry trade. And, um, and I think I was talking to someone and, um, I think this is kind of the same sort of tandem that we saw last year as far as, um, it's comparable in a way to almost the flurry Leonard tandem as in it's, you know, it doesn't really stack up. It, it's above, in my opinion the rest of the goalie tandems, really. I mean, if you think about it, that could be contenders, yeah. uh, in my opinion, anyway. Just want to take a minute to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again, as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports, betting needs, and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. No, I, I totally agree. I, I see a little bit of that as well. I, I do feel a little bit for Cam Talbot, though, because he is a former Ranger. You know, he's only there for yeah. two years, but did a nice job whenever he had to spell Henrik Lundqvist. And, uh, you know, a cool story this year. He makes the All-Star team for the first time. I think he was 34 years old. So that's awesome. Uh, and now, you know, probably going to be taking a backseat to Marc-Andre Fleury. But uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll be ready to go if Fleury falters. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Fleury's going to do uh, a really nice job and probably be reinvigorated. Uh, from going back to, uh, you know, a contending team uh, in the Minnesota Wild there. Um, but, you know, while we're talking exactly. about goalies here, yeah, while we're talking about goalies, um, you know, Tristan Jerry, obviously yes. 
you know, Penguins got off to a slow start this season. I think he was off to a little bit of a rough start as well, but they've obviously turned it around collectively. And obviously he's having a fantastic season, but um, how do you feel about him going into the playoffs? Because he struggled a little bit in the postseason last year, but obviously he's got some experience under his belt now and uh, you know, they're going to need him if they're going to make any kind of a run. So just your thoughts on how he's done and how he'll hold up for the playoffs. Yeah, um, so I actually got to see him play once. Um, I went and saw a preseason game in uh, in Pittsburgh against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, and I thought he was pretty decent in that game that, that I saw live. Um, and I went to I went to another game live and saw the Smith, but um, even still, um, what I've watched of Jari, otherwise, I mean, like you said, I think he's had his ups and downs. Uh, it was a rocky start for him, um, but I really think he's rebounded and. Yeah, he's he made the All-Star game, um, the All-Star team for the first time like without being um a fill-in. So he he made that point <laughs> this year. So I thought that was pretty cool. He was kind of like yeah. um, you know, last man in uh last time, but this time he wasn't. Um but anyways, I I think that one thing that Tristan Jari has for him that a lot of other uh goalies in the league don't have is Ron Hextall is a former goalie himself as a GM and he he's really supportive behind Jari and um and a lot of our fans um I noticed and <laughs> Penguins fans can be a little fickle I mean I will say that um about our goalies I mean you look you know we've had so many goalie controversies I mean I could just so many over the years it's crazy but uh but anyways uh the fans are kind of you know giving him a hard time uh, last playoffs I remember and I was just hearing a lot of you know trade Jari trade Jari get rid of him and uh, Hextall stood by him and uh, was very adamant. He's like, you know, goalies, um, you know, it's not always easy. They're they're going to struggle, but but I'm not going to give up on this guy. And I think that having that support um, and knowing that you do have that, similarly maybe with um, Fleury and Garen, but you you know that they're going to back you up. And I think that might be really um, part of, you know, why he has had the confidence he has. Maybe. Um, I'm sure other things, but having that, I mean, it definitely has helped. Um, now I would have, I've talked to the Penguins fans. I would have been more, um, I don't know, confident going into the, to the playoffs if we would have had, I would say maybe a better backup. Now we did get Domingue, but like he's been injured. He played, um, that amazing game against San Jose and like made like, I think it was like 40 something saves. Like he had an amazing game. Um, and you know, we've just been having to Smith as a backup and I really like to Smith as a person, but I don't know, like he's had a rough time. Um, I think, and he's, he's been getting better towards the end of the season. Um, but still I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little less confident in the backup situation. I'm more confident in Jari, I would say at this point, but, uh, I really wish like if something were to happen and he were to get injured, that we would have a little bit more of like, you know, um, <laughs> wishful thinking here, like a flurry Talbot tandem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally get what you're saying about, you know, having uh, some nerves about the backup goalie too, because, you know, Igor Shesterkin obviously having a phenomenal season for the Rangers, oh, yeah. a couple of hiccups recently, but you yeah. know, I think, I think he'll get out of it and be just fine. Um, but you know, Alex Georgiev, it's really weird with this guy because when he doesn't get to play very often, and obviously that's usually going to be the case because he's teammates right. with Igor Shesterkin. Um, right. When he has to go, <laughs> right. So, but when he has to go in, it's like, it, it's a real struggle for him if he hasn't played in a while. There's a very good chance he's going to get lit up. 
But then, like, if there's times, like, in the past where, you know, Igor's been out of the lineup, even earlier this season, he can go in. If he gets some regular playing time, he can play very, very well. Um, so it's just kind of interesting. You know, he scuffles if he's not getting regular time. But if he gets into a little bit of a groove, you know, he can find it. I will say, though, uh, the most recent game he played or the most recent game that he started was against the Carolina Hurricanes. And my God, this guy just stood on his head the entire night. And the, the Rangers won, I think it was one to nothing. And he, he gets a 44 save shutout. I'm just like, where did this come from? Where has this been all season? You know? I think the goalie position is so fascinating. You know, um, having a, a bachelor's in psychology myself, I've, I've always been fascinated sort of with the psychological side of the game and how, yeah. you know, easily that, that can, the switch can kind of flip for a goalie. It's not necessarily that they don't have the skill. They don't have it. It's just, it's in the head half the time, you know, the, the confidence. Um, and if, if that wavers for a goalie, I mean, it can be very difficult um, to get that back. I mean, if, you know, the fans aren't behind them, if their teammates aren't behind them. And I think, I think an interesting, like kind of example of that, in my opinion, now he was injured um, before he was traded. So that may have factored into it, but Freddie Anderson, I mean, I think that yeah. just the contrast, he, he was having a really difficult season last year they actually had him go down to the AHL and play a game before uh he he came back after injury and uh and just to see him have so much success in Carolina is just it's amazing so I think that goes to show I mean just sometimes it, it can be a mental thing for goalies yeah for sure and, and sometimes I think a change of scenery can do somebody a little bit of good as well and you know Freddie yeah, yeah like you sure. said it, it, it sounds like he's you know just really found his groove there obviously he's going to be in the mix yeah. for a Vesna for sure and, um, you know, with Igor, you know, the other thing, you know, continuing to talk about goalies here for at least another couple of minutes, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, uh, he is going through a little bit of what I would call, you know, a rough patch, at least by his own standards. But yes. the, the point that I've made to Ranger fans, even on the podcast and other episodes, is that, you know, he's just kind of reminding us that he's human right now. And I, I would yeah. rather have this happen right now than like two games before the playoffs start. It's very rare, I think, for a goalie to just cruise through an entire season not have any like bad portions of the entire season and like win the Stanley cup. You know what I mean? I totally agree with you. And I've heard this as far as like the team dynamic and, you know, goalies is, this goes for goalies as well. But I mean, you would rather get that adversity out of the way early before, you know, it's a do or die situation. So you want to kind of have them um, maybe lose their game a little bit, but then find it again. And I think in my opinion, you know, having to have that adversity and find your game is going to make you stronger as a player than not having that, that adversity, you know? So it, it, yeah. it builds character really. Um, but at the same time, you at least want your team to make the, the, the playoffs. You don't want, you know, you don't want a, a season to take, but even still, um, I think it goes to show that, yeah, it's a, it's a learning and growing experience, but I definitely, I mean, Shesterkin, he's, <laughs> Wow, he's been amazing. Um, I, I really, I would have to ask you a question. Um, so I've been seeing him in, as a Rangers fan, um, the heart conversation, actually. Um, and I've seen him, like, within the top three people have been, you know, is this going to be, you know, the first time a goalie wins a heart, like, for, you know, several seasons? Could it be? And, um, and I'm wondering, do you, do you think he stands a chance with, with winning the heart this year? I've actually talked about this quite a bit, uh, you know, in, in different episodes. Um, yeah, I, I think absolutely. He's got to at least be in the mix, you know. Uh, early yeah. in the season, like, I, I know it's uh, kind of a cliche to say, oh, this guy carried the team or that guy carried the team. You know, we say it in yeah. hockey and 
pretty much every sport, but my God, I mean, like for the first month of the season, the Rangers like could not do anything. And part of that was, you know, a lot of new faces, everybody kind of getting used to playing with each other, new coaching staff, all that, right. all that good stuff. But um, yeah, they were winning games that they had just no business winning. And the only reason it was happening was Igor Shesterkin. And obviously, you know, the rest of the team has caught up to him at least a little bit, but I mean, this guy stands on his head on a pretty routine basis. And, you know, assuming that he gets himself right and, uh, you know, goes on to have a great final quarter of the season here, then, yeah, I, I think he's absolutely got to be in the mix. And it's funny because, you know, Ranger naysayers, you know, you'll run into them on social media or whatever, and they'll say, yeah. oh, man, you guys would be nothing if you didn't have Igor Shesterkin. And da, da, da. I don't agree with that, but if let's say they're yeah. right. Well, then Igor Shesterkin has to be in the mix, does he not? Because he's the most valuable player to his team. So Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think his name at least has to be in the conversation. I know, uh, you know, I, was, I did an episode with uh, Armando Velez from Locked On Panthers, and we were talking about Jonathan Huberdo, and he might have a shot at it this season. But, yeah, I mean, I to your that. point, Alyssa, yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, to your point, yeah, um, I, I think he's at least got to be in the conversation there for sure. Yeah, no disrespect to Connor McDavid, but I think most of us just want to see someone, just someone different win it already. <laughs> Please, Con- give Connor someone McDavid. different. <laughs> Connor McDavid should be ineligible if the Oilers don't get past the first round of the playoffs this season. I totally agree with you. Totally agree. And I, I know that's not how they do yeah. it, but but still, yeah. But hey, listen, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your YouTube channel, changing gears a little sure. bit here. You know, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm a big fan of the the Jerk Moments series, right? <laughs> yeah, um, of course. Yeah, and there was one you did uh, not long ago that, like, like I started laughing before I even clicked on it because the title of the video uh, is Brad Marchand Jerk Moments Part Three. <laughs> and I was like, that's like the most perfect video title for anything ever. Um, and so I watched that and, you know, just kind of uh, reignited my, my uh, dislike for Brad Marchand. But, um, you know, I wanted, to get you, I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, first of all, let me know how it was putting that video together. But then also uh, everything that happened between him and Jerry at the end of that game, I guess about like five, six weeks ago now, everything blends yeah. together. But earlier this season, uh, just any thoughts on all that? Yeah, so um, I had a lot of fun making the video, obviously. Like, you know, you you get to express yourself. You get to be creative. um, And I had a lot of fun. actually had that idea about um, my favorite part about it, uh, probably from, um, you know, given my – from my own flavor, with my own flavor um, having to do with that, was the toy Lamborghini part. And I was thinking about it because he had a back and forth um, with Vincent Trocek about the – you know, Brad Marchand said that he's he's a Lamborghini, and uh, it was kind of involved in a chirp towards Vincent Trocheck. But anyway, I had an idea, and I was like, "Was Marchand a Lamborghini? He's he's a toy Lamborghini." So I had to add that in, uh, kind of as a troll troll job. Um, did you did you see that part? Did you like did you like that part? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> so I saw that game. I watched um, a good portion of that game. Uh, the Penguins-Bruins game, and I was just, like, floored because it was one of those games where you're just, like, Marchand will will have these, like, certain games, and it's like a switch will just go off, and he'll just be, like, the biggest troll the whole game, and he'll just, like, just does not stop, and it's just, like, how does this guy do it? Like, what? And uh, so one one of the things that happened, I believe, first before the, the Jari situation um, well, before the end, anyway, before the third period, um, he actually trolled Sidney Crosby, and I thought that was honestly like uh, I wasn't really as surprised about anything else but that because 
Um, he, I mean, they're, you know, both Nova Scotia boys, and they had such great chemistry uh, playing during the World Cup for, for Team Canada, and they've played together, and they've, you know, they practice together um, during the summers, and, you know, they're very cordial, and, you know, they hang out, um, you know, off the ice, and I was just like, you know, how's this happening? But uh, Marchand, so it was, and it was kind of funny, though, it was just Marchand, you know, usual antics, but um, he... Sidney Crosby during a face-off um, accidentally, you know, broke his stick. And yep. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's yep. trying to go to his bench to get his stick, and Marchand literally just won't let him go get a new twig. He's just like in his way, and Crosby finally gets around him. But I was just like, that honestly, that surprised me the most. I was just like, you're really doing that to Sid? Like, are you serious right now? But um, but the other stuff, you know, um, it. It kind of shook me as far as like the I wasn't surprised that Marchand did it, but it kind of shook me um, a little bit as far as the part that happened before the the end for what he got suspended for. But after the um, whole inter, um, second period, I believe ended, uh, Jari was planning to give a puck to a yeah. fan, and they were in TD Garden, which was the weird part. They were they weren't in PPG Paints. They were in TD Garden in Boston, and Jari was, you know, trying to do a kid a solid, and I heard it was a Bruins fan. Um, it is kind of hard to see from the angle where, you know, the camera angle, but a lot of people were saying that it was a Bruins fan, um, and Jari was trying to give the kid the puck, and Marchand just, you know, comes over and just takes the puck from him and just tosses it aside like a piece of garbage and just trying to troll him, and I, you know... I just thought that was kind of selfish. Like, okay, yeah. you want to troll a player, troll a player. But don't, you know, do something that is going to break a little kid's heart. You know what I mean? That that would have made their day. That probably would have made their year. Yep. And yep. Um, and to do that, that is so selfish. And, you know, I like Marchand as a player. I do. And I think he's very entertaining. But in in my opinion, when, when you do stuff like that, that goes too, way too far. Um, and, <laughs> and so the ending, um, the cherry on top, yeah, the the what he got suspended for. Um, so honestly, it was hilarious. Like I'm I'm honestly like glad that he tried to appeal his suspension because we got to learn what he actually said, like Jari actually said to him. And the the most the funniest part was Jari literally just said, "Wasn't that a great save?" You know, yeah. without the the language and yeah. um and Marchand just you know lashes out um at him after you know he makes a save on him. And um, and punches him, and then like flings a stick at him, and tries to get him like right in the mask. And the thing is, like, I feel like if that was towards another player, it might have not been as steep of a suspension. And of course, it, you know, it was Marchand. So, but the fact that he tried to appeal the suspension goes to show just I don't know, like how much nerve, how many, how much nerve he really has. Like just like. But he even tried to do that. Um, I just, yeah. it, it floored me. I was just like, are you serious right now? Like, you're really going to try to do this and try to say that, oh, it was just because I have a history. Well, yeah, like, it's it's pretty much just like anything, you know, like the prison system. You know, if you commit a crime, you have the record. So if you commit another crime, like, you're going to yep. get a secret punishment. It's just how it works. Yeah. So I was just like, 
that makes no sense trying to appeal it because you're saying it's not fair because of your prior history. Like, really? <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's missing the point there, clearly, right? Yeah. yeah. But then again, I'm glad he tried because we got to learn what Jari said that set him off, which blew my mind even more. I'm like, okay, this guy needs manage, anger management classes, like, like the Adam Sandler movie. Like, he needs anger management classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my my whole thing there is like, okay, Brad Marchand, he goes out there, he plays the mind games, he tries to mess with people, and I mean, okay, you yeah. know, sometimes he crosses the line, but that is part of hockey, you know, this this is a game right. at times that's about, you know, imposing your will and, and messing with your opponent a little bit, um, but right. if, he, if he's going to go out there and do all the things that he does and dish it out, then he's got to be able to take it a little bit too. If, if Tristan Jury says, hey, how about that bleeping save, you know, that should... Right set him off and have him punching him in the head and hitting him with his stick and whatever else he did on his way to, to the locker room there, you know? I totally agree with you. Like, you've got to be able to have that mental toughness to take it. And I think that that's kind of where Marchand is struggling, in my opinion. I think that he just, like you said, he can give it, and he does not have a problem doing that. We all know it. But as far as, like, taking it back, that's his, that's his issue. He, he just doesn't have that mental toughness and maybe, like, stability to be able to take that, um, like a, a switch just goes off. And yeah. he does things like, you know, what happened to Jari. And I'm sure yep. I, could, I could name several more things and we'd be here all night, but <laughs> you get the gist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, getting back to Rangers-Penguins here, I mean, is there anything you're expecting from – well, actually, I'll ask you for a prediction in a little bit. But first, okay. uh, I just – I want to ask you, like – for me, it kind of feels like these two teams are on a collision course to meet in the first round because every time you look at the standings, you know, they're kind of just flip-flopping between second and third. It feels like every yes. day, you know, the Rangers jump the Penguins, Penguins jump the Rangers. And, of course, if they stay in those two, three slots in the division, they're going to play each other in the first round. I mean, is it almost inevitable at this point that these two teams are going to play each other? I would say yes. Um, I was looking at the standings myself uh, just a minute ago, and I was like, wow, like, the, you know, I just thought, I was like, we are really close in the standings. Like, this is close. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to make the game interesting, especially, I mean, because of that, um, because, you know, it could be sort of like a playoff preview um, in that way. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think back, and I'm just thinking, you know, could we really see if there's a, a series? Could we really see a rivalry again? Because you know there there used to be more of a rivalry between the two teams. I think back you know in the Henrik Lundqvist era and um, early 2010s. I, I really think there was more of a rivalry, but I don't know. I haven't felt that as much like the past few seasons. How about you? Yeah, uh, not quite as much. You know, I, I think part yeah. of that is that the the Rangers have kind of been down. They've been going through this rebuild and uh, yeah. you know working their way back up. But now that both teams are good again, I mean, I, I think we're one playoff series away from this going right back to, to where it was, you know, oh, six, yeah. seven, eight years ago, whatever it was there. So, yeah, I, I can't wait. You know, it really does feel – because I feel like the Canes are going to win the Metro. I, I think they might even win the entire oh, yeah. Eastern Conference. And I don't oh, think yeah. the Capitals – I don't think the Capitals are going to catch either team. So it, it really feels like this this uh, might be the matchup. And I will say this, too. You know, they've only played one of their times so far this season, which is weird in and of itself. But Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, Pe Penguins won that one one nothing. But I don't know about you, that was, like, one of the best games I've watched all season. That that game, everybody was just skating their tails off, uh, just hard-hitting game, a lot of intensity, kind of had a playoff feel to it, did it not? 
Yeah, it did. I mean, like you said, it was um, it was a long time ago. It seems like now, but but it was a very exciting and intense game. Um, and and even those that are low scoring, I mean, if if there are two teams that that really match up well, I mean, it can still make for for great hockey even in uh, today's game. So, um, yeah, I think I think both teams, you know, are, are evenly matched in some areas, and I think some areas maybe not. I think, in my opinion, I think obviously the the Shesterkin Jari. Um, matchup is, is a little one-sided on um, Shetsy's part. So <laughs> there's certain areas that, you know, you look at and you're like, you know, they're better here, but we're better there. And it's always fun to do that around playoff times. Like just kind of look at stats and just see, you know, who's who's better at this? Who's better at that? I always enjoy that, looking at the matchups. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all that's going to be on the line here uh, in this game here. We're going to see, you know, how, how these two teams match up against each other. But uh, I figure, you know, I'll go ahead. I'll get your uh, prediction for this game. Is there anything you want to throw out in terms of uh, a final score or uh, anybody that Ooh. might get on the score sheet for the Penguins or just anything off the wall you want to throw out there? So, um, yeah. Um, hmm. I will go with, I guess, a smart maybe a smart prediction um sort well maybe not like a risky let's say a real risky one um i will say well i do have a question rangers aren't playing tonight right they are not they are not okay because i know my team's not so they won't have a back-to-back um i will say three two penguins (laughs) and um crosby has been on a heater lately yeah. An insane, like a heater. So I will say, I will make a prediction that Crosby gets at least one goal and one assist. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say the same score, but I'm going to say that the Rangers pull it out. And honestly, okay. whoever won that first game, I would pr- pick them to lose this next one because that first game was just so evenly matched. Uh, right. And again, just, just a great hockey game. Uh, I do right. think it'll be a little bit higher scoring this time around, though, because there's just yeah. too many weapons on both sides. Oh, and, yeah. you know, sooner or later... Sooner or later, puck's going into the net there. So, um, yeah, I think three to two, and I get the feeling. I'm going to say Andrew Kopp for the Rangers, Ricard Raquel for the Penguins. Both of them at least get on the score sheet. I just feel like, you know. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kopp, Kopp had two assists in his first game with the Rangers on an otherwise yes. disastrous night uh, against the Devils. So, I think he'll, he'll come up with something. Um, and th- on top of that, the Rangers have really had a knack this year. Anytime they really lay an egg, uh, you know, they tend to come back with a really nice performance in the next game. And I, I think that could happen here. So we'll see, but either way, I, I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. And, and the Penguins, um, last game against Buffalo, they did, um, lose in a shootout, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, you know, a terrible loss. I mean, it was Buffalo, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so they won't have as much of, uh, I guess, uh, a reason maybe to bounce back as much, but, but even still, I mean, if you're possibly going to be matching up in the playoffs, I mean, you're going to want to put on a good performance and, um, and be, you know, the team that you might be facing uh, futuristically. Absolutely. Well, Alyssa, listen, this was a ton of fun as always. And, uh, you know, we'll yeah. have to do this again sometime. I, I'm, if these Definitely. two teams play, if, if they play each other in the playoffs, then uh, I, I think for oh, sure we're going to have to do at least one more episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> for yeah. sure. All right, a big, big thanks to Alyssa Hope for once again joining the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, and a huge thanks to you guys, as always, for tuning in. I will go ahead and leave a link to Alyssa's YouTube channel in the description for this episode, and you can find it pretty easily on your own. Just go to YouTube, type in Alyssa Hope Hockey, and uh, it will definitely come up. But uh, yeah, once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. 
Facebook.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, this is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and Penguins on Friday night. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.